Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander and this is Needy in Tech. This is episode 79 recorded on the 25th of July 2019 and this is a bit of a special one. We managed to corner someone very special and without further ado, here is a great interview with this mystery guest. And we are joined now by Anna Chu of Microsoft. Anna, welcome very much to the show. Thank you so much, Alex. It's nice to be here. So for the poor souls who don't have a clue who you are, could you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do for Microsoft? Uh, yes, um, I think they're not poor souls. I think they're very um, normal human beings, probably. <laughs> oh, <dear>. um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, I work at Microsoft um, and I am the community lead for Microsoft Ignite, which is one of the biggest uh, IT conferences in the world, I'd like to say, but certainly the biggest one on the Microsoft calendar, for sure. So how many people, how many attendees would you say uh, Ignite has these days? Yeah, um, our official count, the one that we publicly say is 26,000 attendees, and that's you know paying conference attendees. But if you think about all the people who staff and volunteer and and even speak at the event, it's a whole lot more. I mean, I feel like it feels like another, you know, 35,000 in total, really. Um, but it's a massive conference. Um, I don't know if you follow me on Twitter at all, but um, I tweeted out a photo when we went on our site visit recently of the cavernous halls that uh, are in Orlando, uh, which is where we're hosting the conference this year in November. And you can't, you can't even see the end of it. Like I can't even figure out where it stops. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, if you imagine it full of people, full of amazing conversations, um, you kind of get a sense of how big this conference is. Yeah, we've been, Simon's been to Ignite more than I have, but we both went to Ignite in Orlando last year and holy cow, it is big. It is mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. And we're not even using the entire uh, OCCC, right? No. Uh, two years ago, we did, uh, much to the horror of many um, a Fitbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, um, we, got, we got our exercise, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. But uh, we've consolidated and we planned to do the same last year. We isolated everything except the Monday keynote to the West Hall. So that made it easier for people to go to their breakouts, come back into the hub, come uh, um, check out the hangout area where we've got those massive screens that allow people to uh, watch the breakouts as they're happening um, from afar because for some people the, the trek is quite long um, and also go and check out all the vendors in the partner showcase too. So yeah, it's, it's good to have everything consolidated un, under one roof. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I've been to a few different conferences through my years and, and in San Francisco is over multiple uh, uh, halls and that is difficult. Mm, yes. Yeah. And I think you really succeeded with what you wanted to achieve with the hub last year, because there were always people there, always people interacting with each other. Um, so it was great fun to see that that community part of the conference really got a place to be. Yeah, yeah. We uh, are going to do that again. We're going to have another great community area. 
Um, one of the things I'm trying to do is not make it like one dedicated space. Like for me, community is one of the biggest parts of Microsoft Ignite. Sure, you come for the sessions and the great experts that are there, but community is really where Ignite shines. So we have a community central area and we've got big plans for that. Um, we plan to host not only Microsoft-led communities, but also third-party communities. So, uh, you know, whether you're a developer or an IT infrastructure person, you know, you should be able to find communities that um, interest you. Uh, and also we want to have uh, dedicated places for unconferences. So uh, one of the great things about Ignite is that you can meet, you know, one of 26,000 people who um, is, you know, someone in the same role as you or someone with a little bit more expertise in a particular area you're focused on. And so we're hosting these on conferences so that people can talk about things like conditional access or um, modern desktop deployment. So, and also other diverse topics too, might I add, um, diversity and inclusion is huge topic that's impacting the tech industry, not just the tech industry, obviously, but it's pretty uh, much on the forefront of our minds right now. And so one of my colleagues, Shauna Chi, has done an amazing job of curating a great program of sessions, um, talking about things as um, wide ranging as how to manage your career in tech as a woman, how to um, think about uh, neurodiversity in the workplace, how to manage your mental health. And so those are not only, you know, sessions that people can just sit down and, and uh, listen in on, but also we plan to host unconferences about that, which are designed to be more interactive. And my hope is that someone will go, walk away from an unconference with a connection to someone so that they, one, feel less alone, because sometimes with how big Ignite is, it's very overwhelming. And two, they um, come away with a connection with someone that they can remain, retain a friendship with, um, keep connecting with long after Microsoft Ignite is over. That is just amazing. And that's something that having the, the muscles that Microsoft has and doing such a huge thing as, as a conference like this, mm. then really pushing for these things is, is just, just amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so nice to be a part of. So uh, let's start with something that ended up right in the middle of my, Alexander's, and many others' vacation is the uh, community call for content. Yeah. Could you tell us what that is and also how, because that's aimed to non-Microsoft employees and yeah. how those sessions will differ from the Microsoft sessions we'll see in here at Ignite. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know how typical it is for tech conferences to ask for um, the community to be involved, but for us, it's that's just part of our DNA. We really want to make sure community content is part of our conferences. And so if you think about the Microsoft delivered content, com that's coming from the product teams, the engineers who make the products. Um, give you more insight into, you know, how you can take, you know, advantage of the capabilities within our apps and services. Um, but where the community provides value is in real world scenarios, because if you think about the Microsoft content, that typically is 
I don't maybe and some may argue against me but can be theoretical right like an engineer will tell you this is how we had designed this our team had designed this to uh, help you manage how to access services and your data but your, the community will tell you what really happens what are those real world scenarios um how things integrate what does this mean for identity um so i think that that's really valuable for attendees to learn because you know you could come away from a conference and go yeah yeah, yeah that's how it's supposed to work but tell me how it applies in my organization how will it apply to my customers and so where we ask for um, community content is from our mvp rd and mct communities i i know i threw a lot of letters at you um, but the MVP community uh, these are uh, most valued professionals from a community perspective meaning these people don't aren't employed by Microsoft uh, but we as a company recognize their technical expertise and their um, community outreach as well as uh, value their critical feedback of our products and services and so we want to bring them into a exclusive group of um, people who actually get some confidential information before it gets out so we can test the waters and make sure that we're going in the right direction and it's these people who keep us grounded with those real world scenarios and so we want that great knowledge to be shared out to the world and so we're asking the MVP communities to share that same applies for regional directors these folks are a little bit more stretched out across the stack and um, provide a lot more um, grounding on business value. So uh, that's the value that RDs provide, regional directors. And then MCTs, these are Microsoft certified trainers. They, this is their profession. They are there to help people with their certifications and help with exams. And so we're asking MCTs to help us out with exam prep sessions. So from a call for content perspective, we're after those exam prep sessions from MCTs. We're also looking for uh, breakout submissions. So these are 45 minute breakouts and then uh, 20 minute theatre submissions. So these are designed to be super concise, but we want people to walk away from them with um, some really great knowledge that they can explore further um, throughout all of the different learning resources we have. So if, if I was to submit a, either a 20 minute or a 45 minute breakout, what would you be looking for in my submission? What would I do in order to maximize the chances of me being chosen as a speaker for Ignite? Well, I can tell you right now, um, we have just under a thousand submissions right now. Uh, I think I've been quoting the 500 number, but that was at the top of the week. Um, it's grown exponentially since then. Um, and so as I look at the tiles and abstracts, there are certainly some super impressive ones because they're identifying a niche scenario that actually has broad appeal. So think about where you come from and think about what experience and expertise that you can provide to attendees and the learning outcomes from that. So if someone's going to sit in front of you for 20 minutes or 45 minutes, what are the top um, outcomes or things that they should walk away from thinking, hmm, I didn't know that. This is going to apply for me immediately or as soon as I get back to the office. Um, I would also try and stand out from the pack a little bit. Um, 
you know, you could be a little bit controversial, you could be a little clickbaity in your title and abstract, but, um, you know, if that was the only thing that you had and it didn't have a lot of substance, then, you know, it's, it's not going to fly. So setting realistic expectations um, in terms of what people can expect to learn is really, really important. Oh, and while, while I remember, um, another compelling thing to add would be real customer evidence. If you have a real story to quote on and you've got real stats, you can talk to the value that it's um, provided to the business. If you can provide insight into the time reduced uh, in doing something, yeah, that would be that would be also really cool to include. All right, that's that's top tips right there. If you look at the content you're asking for for this year's Ignite, what's different compared to the previous ones? Yeah, I would say more developer content. Uh, Microsoft Ignite traditionally is seen as an IT professional event, IT implementers, you know, your infrastructure nerds and nerdettes would, you know, really thrive there. But uh, we're really trying to drive more inclusion of the developer audience. So whether you, uh, whatever language you use, whether it's PowerShell or Python, we want you to feel included um, at Microsoft Ignite and we're looking for your content. So um, don't feel like it's only Build. Build is the only event for you. Absolutely not. That is not true. Uh, we've got a huge um, team at Microsoft focused on developer audiences who are creating great experiences, planning great content that are relevant to developer audiences. So that's a big difference from previous years. And that kind of makes me curious, what is the main difference between Build and Ignite, both for, for developers and if there are coming more uh, developer stuff for Ignite, is there going to be more IT Pro stuff for, for Build? Uh, I feel like I'm going to sidestep this question because we're still <laughs> trying to figure out um, where Build is going to be. I mean, for anyone who's been to Build versus Microsoft Ignite, they're vastly different in size. So um, I can't remember the exact number for build, but it really pales in comparison to the size of Microsoft Ignite. This year build was held in Seattle in the uh, Washington State Convention Center. And the size of that conference center versus the one in Orlando, the Orange County Convention Center is huge. Like there is like, it would just be a small dot in comparison if you just looked at a map. Um, so I think putting everyone under one roof, developers and IT professionals, is really going to change the landscape when it comes to learning. Because, and this is a com common complaint we have, is that why do we, you know, try and have a developer-only event? Because some people are trying to learn about other things that will require some insight from the IT implementer and IT professional roles. And some other folks are like, well, I also want to hear about not just technology, but how this technology impacts business. And IT pros and developers need to be in the same room together with C-level execs, um, CIOs uh, and, and the like. So there's a lot of value and it really just changes the content strategy for us, putting everything together. Um, it's 
if we were to think about build, I mean, certainly it's not just about Azure, it's also about Microsoft 365 and all the apps and services around that. But um, it's just, it really just changes the narrative. It changes community, absolutely, because suddenly, you know, you'll find this great um, mixing of different roles and the types of things that you talk about are completely different in terms of scope. So, um, yeah. Interesting. So pretty much uh, watch this space. Yeah. I mean, one certain big thing too is we will always have massive announcements at Microsoft Ignite. So it's nice to be there in the room for that. And then not just that, but then go straight to the product team at the Microsoft Showcase and go, hey, so what's the deal with this? <laughs> Tell me more. And then you can have a real, you know, real time face-to-face conversation with the engineers who are behind a lot of these major announcements. And that's a key value add for anyone wanting to go uh, to Orlando this November. You also have a second call for content, so to say, the call for community champions and reporters. Yeah, yeah. And that's open to everyone, as far as I can read. That's right. Less exclusive, more inclusive. Um, Anyone can apply to be a community champion or community reporter. And there's three main things that are aligned to that. Firstly, uh, unconference sessions. So I mentioned that at the top of this podcast, uh, really designed to be interactive for people to, um, you know, work in small groups to discuss, to work on a challenge. Uh, We're accepting a lot of great submissions for that. So if you really love that opportunity, absolutely, uh, we would welcome your submissions. Secondly, podcasts. Uh, We are going to have another podcast centre. We've been doing it for three years in a row and the demand is high. I mean, to the point where I'm going to uh, add a extra podcast booth that is designed just for walk-ups. So I'll have three that people can book ahead of time and schedule accordingly and get external speakers if they want to. Uh, There will be a fourth one just to cope with demand for podcasts. The quality is great. You get a nice room that is um, uh, designed to try and filter out as much of the external noise as best we can without losing the feel of being live on the floor. Um, So the podcast center is, is part of it. And then community reporters. So this will be our third year in a row running the community reporter program. But um, we're making some dramatic changes. So it's still 10 individuals from the community who are going to be part of the live stream. But the live stream is going to be stretched instead of just one day on Monday. It will be across the entire week. So Monday to Friday, uh, we'll be looking for 10 amazing, dynamic, enthusiastic people to be in front of a camera, have a mic, a live mic, and bright lights shining their face to help us with the live stream. And they're going to be running around very high energy, interviewing their tech heroes and heroines, um, finding out the goss behind the scenes, trying to figure out where the best flag is on the show floor, Um, doing all sorts of fun things. And as a result of that, anyone who is selected to be a community reporter, they need to be 100% focused and committed to this role. So um, they won't be able to deliver any breakouts or theatres or unconference sessions. Um, They really are going to be uh, dedicated to this role uh, the entire week. So 
yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun and a lot of different opportunities for people to be involved. So there is this concept of levels, right? Yeah. So a level 100 is a basic level, a level 400 is very advanced, and level Bob Ward is, well, we don't really talk about those. <laughs> uh, what, how, how would you explain the level 100? Because if you ask five people, you're going to get six different opinions on what level 100 means. Yes, yes. So I wish I had the actual definitions right in front of me because that would be uh, something that would help you guys a lot. But think of it as anyone who is like a beginner. If you're just dipping your toe in the water um, in, you know, trying to figure out Microsoft 365 deployment, then that is level 100. Level 200 is you've started exploring all the documentation. You've probably um, actually, you know, done your first project focused on that, but you want to learn a little bit more. Then level 300 is you've probably, you know, working with the customer right now, um, you're still trying to figure, and, and you've done it successfully to your, in your eyes, but you're not quite sure whether, you know, it is, it is, a, it is all the way there. Have you gone through all the different scenarios? Have you, so you probably need a few more years under your belt on that front. And then level 400 is, I feel like I have tapped out on as much as I can find on my own, uh, on this particular topic. But I'm looking for other scenarios, other things that I might not have come across um, in terms of challenges. Uh, and I'm looking for some additional insight as to how to approach a particular problem. So that's how I would off the cuff define it. Um, I think offline I'm going to share with you the official definitions for each just so your listeners can understand the difference because as you're putting together your submissions it's really key you nail exactly what level your submission is because that sets the ex expectation on what people can learn the number of times I've read the verbatim feedback and I read every single piece of feedback I am a sucker for punishment but <laughs> when I read it there are many people who say this was way below my expectation. I thought I was going to get level 400 and I knew like 75% of the content and that's why I left and that's why I'm giving this this rating. So don't do that to yourselves and think, oh, yeah, this is super technical when really it's probably closer to a level 200 or 300. There's nothing wrong. Like there's no, we're not saying that level 100 is bad. It's just everybody's on a, different path in their journey when it comes to learning right and so give and we need content across the board we're not trying to be more 300 400 more 100 200 we're trying to stretch across the entire gamut of of learning so yeah we welcome all those submissions I'm kind of curious and this is a good segue into ignite the tour that mm. fell into our laps was it Last yesterday. night, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, and when we applied for the the tour last year, 
we were encouraged to do 300 and 400 level content that's right pretty much only is that still the case for the tour or is it the wide gamut there as well yeah it's a good question i would say yes more 300 400 for the tour just because we feel like the all well one i'm not going to say it feels like we have made all of our microsoft ignite content available on demand so the sequence or the schedule for the tour is that it starts immediately after Orlando. We're going to land in Paris in November and we'll continue the tour until May in Stockholm. And so we hope that people have invested the time to take a look at all of the content we've made available on demand on the tech community. We've recorded every breakout, every theater, and we've made that available for people to watch at their leisure that we've not only made the recordings available, but also the PowerPoint decks too. So, you know, you can take that as documentation um, and continue learning. So when we think about level 300, 400 content, it's with the assumption that people have already dipped their toes in the water across a lot of this technology and we're just guiding them on where to take the next step when it comes to learning about Azure, Power Platform, Microsoft 365. So basically calling the tour the next step when it comes to information is, is rather accurate. Yeah, I mean, think of like with people asking, should I go to Microsoft Ignite and try and hit one of the stops on the tour? Absolutely, because also our content isn't static. It does evolve and between November and May, it absolutely will. We will be making announcements any time between in that time frame, right? And so we're flying out our corporate experts, our engineers to be in front of the community, our customers, to help them on the next stage of their learning. Um, we also wanna hear from you. This is our opportunity to get real-time feedback. Uh, we wanna hear, you know, what are the challenges across the Azure stack? What are what, what are your experiences as an architect? How, how can we help you with your challenges right now? So um, this is a really great sounding board for us to, to be with you on the tour. Cool. Yeah, we were both on the tour last year and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we, we got so much great feedback from colleagues and customer that customers that attended. Uh, we spoke, both spoke at uh, or in Stockholm. Uh, and mm -hmm. the feedback we received there from people who flow in from all across Europe were amazing. Yeah. Uh, we had great discussions. People were very pleased with the content, the location, everything, and, and really felt that this was a very good investment of their time. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what the, the key difference, I mean, there are many differences across uh, between Microsoft Ignite and the tour. Um, firstly, it's a two-day event versus a five-day massive conference in a big exhibition hall. Um, and um, secondly, it's free. <laughs> so if you can't make the trek, um, if you can't afford the time or the expense of going to Orlando, um, then Microsoft Ignite the Tour is definitely a really good option for you. We're coming to you, hopefully. I mean, we're stretching across 30 cities in that time frame. There are only 52 weeks in the year, so I feel like we all are doing our best to get to as many locations as possible. We can't be everywhere at once, but um, 
where we certainly want to see as many people across this community as we can. But 30 cities, what were you thinking? <laughs> Not just that, but also the first one is uh, exactly a week after Orlando. So someone is going to have to pack for both uh, the heat and cold and the winter uh, in their suitcase as they as they trek out to Paris. So, yeah. And when will these persons sleep? Because if I remember correctly, you didn't get sleep until <laughs> one week after Ignite last year. Yeah, I know. Mental health is something that is a challenge. That is true. Um, we do have, and, and that's something we're trying to improve upon as well, uh, just, you know, looking out for each other. Uh, we have, you know, like I think there's like three rotating teams who are trying to figure out where they go. So they're not they're not planning to do a new city every week. I think they're trying to, you know, space it out so there's a good, two or three week chunk between each of the cities that they go to, which is fine. But as you can kind of tell by the schedule, it, that might not also work either because we're bouncing around different continents across each week. I think there's even one instance where there are two tour cities happening concurrently. I think it was like Madrid and Shanghai, no, not Madrid and Shanghai, Madrid and Hong Kong or something like that. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So But at the same time, this is a huge investment on our front. We want, we're not doing it because we want to like travel the world, although that is a great benefit, but we're also tired. <laughs> but secondly, it's it's because we want this content to, to help you with your learning, you know? Like right now, people are trying to figure out, they don't know where to start with when it comes to things like device management. And we want to be there to help you. So We're making this a huge investment to, you know, hire the venue, get our speakers out there, engage the community, rally them and get them involved to be at each of these cities. So, yeah, it's 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 really huge and, and we love doing it. That is absolutely awesome. And we love being part of it, too. I would like to sum things up with you telling us and our audience what not to do in their um submissions so what mm. common mistakes you see and read uh what definitely not to do and things to think of not including in your abstracts don't try and cover everything this is a massive conference you are not going to be the one session that everybody goes to so find your niche know where your strengths are and play to them The number of submissions I've seen where they've ticked every single box in the product question and then I read the title and abstract, I'm like, you haven't, there's no way you've covered every single one of these products in your session. It's not, that's not the case. Um, because that's not going to increase your chances of selection. It just is showing that you haven't really thought through about what you're saying. Um So that's my number one recommendation. Two, I would take a look at every, like as many submissions, sorry, not submissions. I would take a look at all of the recordings that we've posted on the tech community. If you go to the tech community right now and click on the event drop down and take a look at Microsoft Ignite, every theater, every breakout was recorded and take a look at those titles and abstracts, which ones, really grab your attention and ask yourself why 
and look at the ones that don't and ask yourself why are they boring and try and avoid that mistake so you know like at the end of the day we're on the other side of the form we're trying to make decisions on who will be one of the lucky recipients of a full conference pass six nights accommodation and getting their flights to and from Orlando covered and we want to make sure that that person is absolutely 100% worthy of that package not just because they've put together a great submission but because attendees stand to learn a lot from that that session so that those will be my top tips for putting together an amazing submission what would you say is what what are you looking forward to the most in terms of ignite this year oh i mean it goes without saying community of course um i this is my feels like fourth Microsoft Ignite. I didn't go to Chicago. My first one was in Orlando, uh, sorry, Atlanta. Um, and I was running myself ragged. Like I was so tired because were, I was just putting out tiny little fires here and there. You wouldn't have seen them because we're trying to do our best to be as professional as we can. But I made a commitment to myself to lock out the the last four weeks before Microsoft Ignite to just be involved with the community, talking on podcasts like your own, being active on Twitter, responding to questions. And so that you are all as prepared as you can um, on what, what you can you know, expect for the week that is the first week of November. Um, and so I'm looking forward to just seeing your great faces. I want to meet as many people, as many guys and gals from the community as I can to talk to you about, you know, what you're working on, what speakers you're excited to um, hear from, who you're excited to meet. Um, tell me about how, how you're feeling because it's an overwhelming event. I mean, for anyone who's been to a Microsoft Ignite before, they will tell you how many steps they walked. They'll tell you how they lost their voice because they were so excited and animated when they were, you know, at the community booth or, you know, being at those networking sessions. And so I really want to make sure people are looking out for themselves mentally and physically. Uh, we're trying to do as much as we can to preserve everybody's wellness overall. So I'm excited to share with you information on that once those plans are finalized but um yeah it's it's going to be a really amazing event and i'm certainly looking forward to it for you simon you've been to microsoft ignite before like what were your highlights from previous years and what are you most looking forward to this november i would say that one of my absolute highlights were the uh, podcasts recordings mm -hmm. we did last year because that experience was great yeah. to to be there front and center meet these amazing people get access to uh, all the people that we usually can't get definitely get not get in the same room but are very hard to access mm. uh, but also that every single person at ignite are so approachable yes. you can go up to anyone and speak to them you can go up to uh, your idols basically and ask them anything and they will be happy to take a few minutes of their time to answer your questions yes so i think that's that's what i'm telling my colleagues and my friends that attend for the first time mm -hmm. look at what you want to achieve and it's not always that you achieve that while 
going to sessions. Yeah. But spend time with the vendors, spend time with the Microsoft staff, and don't be afraid to reach out to people that are there that you want to ask a specific question or just say hello to. Yeah, uh, I, I absolutely agree with that. I say this every year. And I know that it doesn't appeal to everyone because some people are more introverted than others, but take a chance. And when you are waiting for a session to start, talk to the person who's sitting next to you and say, hey, you know, introduce yourself. You're clearly there at the same session because you're both interested in the same topic. Say it's like a config manager session and ask them like, hey, so how's your Ignite so far? What have you learned? What session did you just come from? Was it good? Not so good? And you'll be surprised at who you might meet. You might just find yourself a lunch buddy to hang out with, you know? So, you know, it's small moments like that. You never know where it might take you. I mean, some of that's probably how some people found their future podcast partner, right? Because you have some rapport and you have a connection on some technology or topic. So, take a chance. It's not going to hurt. Um, the, the worst that can happen is like, look, I'm just super tired and I just want to like be quiet if that's okay. And they're like, that's okay. It's just their personal. Don't, don't feel uh, personally rejected if that ever happens to you. To summarize pretty much, no one can be told what Ignite is. You need to experience it for yourself. Yeah. Pretty close to the matrix in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of Microsoft Ignite referred to as like the matrix, but I can see it. I can see it. Uh huh. <laughs> and I'm pretty. I'm, I'm sorry to say that we are running out of time. And it was so nice to have you on. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, Anna. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.